Hey gang, it's Mark from the No Wristbands crew here to talk to you about our newest guest, John Rossiter of Young Jesus. Uh, John sat down to talk to us about his great new album, Shepherd's Head. He's originally from Chicago. It was great to sit down and pick his brain about how Chicago has impacted his band. John's a searcher. He isn't complacent with the music he creates, and he lets his instincts take him wherever they, they may lead. It was super interesting to hear him discuss how Shepherd Head was the start of a new approach to music and how that openness was both exciting and nerve-wracking. Young Jesus started as a four-piece band, but has evolved into more of a solo project with their most recent album. There's a lot of excitement in John about how these songs will translate in a live setting when it isn't a traditional four-piece band, and how it has led him to reapproach some of Young Jesus' older material. I anticipate them putting on a very moving and thoughtful show when they play Sleeping Village on November 27th. Please make sure you check out their new album, Shepherd Head, as well as their show on November 27th. And as always, please make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands and follow our new Facebook page, No Wristbands We Drink For Free. Check out our website, NoWristbands.com, and read our bi-monthly blog, Dig In. Uh, hello, hello. Welcome back to all our, our No Wristbands friends. We are here today. I, of course, am Mark, joined by always with Papa. Um, we're here today with John Rossiter from the band Young Jesus. How are you doing today, John? I'm doing well. How are you all doing? Right. Excellent. Uh, yeah, living the dream. Mm-hmm. Can't complain. Wouldn't get us anywhere if we did, right? <laughs> uh, first of all, like I said before, congrats on the new album. It's fantastic. Uh, how long did that take to come together for you? That one, this album has been kicking around for a while. So it's... Um, I mean, it's such a collection of things. It's voice memos from five years ago. It's a forgotten demo from a couple years ago. And then just sort of a a unifying energy that brought it all into a collective piece in about the last year and a half. Um, So it's like a few different timelines interacting with each other. Um, which I think is pretty exciting, but yeah. Uh, how is that? Is that like your normal process where you're pulling stuff from a lot of different places? Or I know this album is a little bit more you than, than when the band was, was more of a cohesive unit. So is this how you typically like to work or, or is this more like a, a new approach for you? Totally new. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I usually in the past would be such so rigorous with rehearsing and writing and um, which spaces we were improvising in and taking the time to really, um, I mean, sometimes to a fault, like just like perfectionist (laughs) intensity. (laughs) And this one was much more open. And I think my attitude changed or this album was part of my attitude changing. I think I realized with the last few records that that model of, of driving a group of people isn't really sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, especially at the level of music that I'm playing, which is just like m- mid-level you know, indie rock, you have to be able to be really flexible Mm-hmm. Um, and to play a bunch of different types of venues with a bunch of different types of acts 
and adjust. I mean, now we just have to adjust to any possible change in a venue or in a tour or Mm -hmm. in a lineup um, because people's lives are so up in the air right now. So it felt really natural to try to create what's more of an open template in my mind. Um, Music that can invite, to me, it invites a lot more in and there's a, a, a more of a, breathingness to it yeah. than past past young Jesus records. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's like uh a vastness to it that I've enjoyed. Like I, I it kind of reminds me of times of like late era talk talk records and like just it can kind of be anything and kind of free flow from one thing into the next, which is really cool. Um was so, there oh yeah go ahead so, so did this change of attitude direction whatever d- did that simplify things for you does it or does it complicate it complicate i mean i would say it's a combination um mm-hmm. sure. i think it probably as with any change you make it probably simplifies the things you don't intend to simplify and complicates the things <laughs> you to complicate uh-huh. dual Uh, sword right there yeah that's that's just life for me so Mm -hmm. uh yeah there's a lot of like unintended complications and then there are a lot of like beautiful simplifications um and uh, like with any piece of art any piece of music it just brings up more questions Mm -hmm. which is what all i'm trying to do there's never Mm -hmm. It never right. brings answers, you know. It just is right. a deeper questioning. What uh, yeah. what were you questioning for seeking out of Shepherd's Head? With this one, there are a lot of. I think I'm interested in a more straightforward emotional dialogue with the audience and with myself, and this was another step in that direction, um, just lyrically. I think yeah. there are um, some moments where I'm not trying to veil anything in metaphor and just say exactly how I'm feeling. And I'm pretty, pretty interested in exploring that space. And I think more than ever, this album, I feel legitimately vulnerable releasing it. Whereas past albums i felt like i could hide behind a band or yeah um, mm-hmm. hide behind extended improvisations that might not be accessible to some people um so yeah it was i think being putting myself out there really putting myself out there yeah. and having the ability to fail and be judged and um see where it goes from there so so do you think that the audience part of the dialogue has changed on you know from this new record forward um obviously yours did but 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 you know the feedback the dialogue from the audience how's that looked totally i mean i've just i just got back from dallas and i was on a short tour that continues in november and um it has been really interesting because it's me and another musician, sometimes just me mm-hmm. opening up for my friend Petey and just with an electric guitar and a cassette player that I bring to play some uh, supporting elements. Mm-hmm. 
And it's a completely different engagement and energy than when you're up there with three other people creating mm-hmm. this like, cacophonous <laughs> din. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially right. when it's as intricate as the music you guys have played. Yeah. It's there's, there's an interesting thing where when it was the four of us, it's a, it's about staying present with each other and you don't mm-hmm. really need to worry about the audience. As long as you're present mm-hmm. with each other, it feels amazing. Sure. But when it's just me or it's me and someone else, you kind of have to be really directly engaged with the yeah. people you're playing for and take them really seriously. Um, and that's to me a really important, like humbling. And it, and it seems like that could be scary too. <laughs> oh yeah. Or, like, I mean, when I was walking up two nights ago to the stage in Denver and I don't know, like three or 400 people mm-hmm. and thinking like, holy shit, like it's just <laughs> right now, you know, right. like I can't, I can never step back and let someone else take mm-hmm. up the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a really great challenge. And the way I stay engaged is just by being honest with people. So that's been just really interesting to do as a musician. Yeah, I, I can I can imagine. How have the early returns been on on the the more stripped down performances? I mean, Dallas was amazing. It was um, good. Good. You know, I'm playing for I'm in a lot of these cases. I'm playing for mostly people that are coming to see Petey's music, and my assumption is because his music is really high energy and it edges towards dance elements and pop mm-hmm. punk that people would just be ready to party and not um, interested in what I'm doing. But people have been really receptive and I've had a really good time so far. Yeah. I've been blown away, honestly. Awesome. Yeah. Cheers to you. Uh, What in you going back to something you said earlier about this being like your most vulnerable work. Right. And which is saying something because I, I feel like, your 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 music has always been about like searching for answers and like you you putting yourself out there and being very vulnerable whether that be like directly you or like through the music right uh what in you helps you have the confidence or the courage to to put those thoughts out there it'd be a lot easier to sing about like i want to go to a party tonight versus like hey i'm going through something you know well, I did sing I want to go to a party tonight for a little while. <laughs> Early days. Yeah. Um, so it's helpful to do that first and then to be at the to want to go and then to be at the party a lot and <laughs> to have it not feel that good eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think music has just been such a guide for my soul and often when i'm really engaged in writing it feels as if the music is guiding where i'm going and i don't know where that is yet i don't even know what the lessons shepherd had this album is sure trying to tell me yet mm-hmm. it'll, i think it'll reveal itself and usually it takes about a year or two before so the messages what did conceptual beach tell us Conceptual Beach told me, wow, that's it. I can tell you what the whole thing just there told me. Okay. Hit us with that. Which was that 
I have a lot of anger and I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And it took a while for me to listen to the music and realize that I'm screaming like half the time. And there's a reason for that. And it's not just because I like screaming, you know, mm -hmm. right? And it's not because I think it sounds good. It's because something in me wants to scream, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, well, I can, t I think I can tell you what conceptual beaches is that along with that, there's a really genuine desire for exploration in me mm -hmm. and a really genuine place of peace too. So there's a lot to me on conceptual beach. There's a lot of peacefulness in it and there's yeah. some, some elements of play and the record before that was so serious. Do you and feel like one was a reaction to the other or just like this was a reflection of you like progressing you and your bandmates progressing as, as human beings and individuals? Welcome to conceptual beach was really hard to write compared to the two albums that came before it. Um, those two happened literally within, I think six months of each other. And we, um, and them both finished by the time we signed with Saddle Creek and welcome to conceptual beach. It just, we were really challenging ourselves musically. So we all had to give each other some space to grow and learn, which is very difficult for me. I want everything to be finished now and for <laughs> everyone to already know sure. what's on my mind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it was the things I learned from, you know, the things I learned from Conceptual Beach are more from the process of it, mm -hmm. which was that I was really intense to be around during that time and really sort of no idea how to be a good band leader and mm -hmm. manager mm -hmm. and how to manage my own emotions in order to help people feel good playing music. I really put myself first and uh, I think it's been a slow process of being like, yeah, that's no fun. It should be fun to make music. Do you think that you guys had taken it as far as you could have as that unit? Or do you feel like if the band had been like, yeah, okay, let's, let's get back together and not get back together. Let's like, let's regroup and start working on the next album together. Would that have been something that would have been like, as fulfilling for you artistically as, as what you ended up doing. I think it's possible, but, and I, th the main thing for me is I don't shut out the possibility at all of us playing together in some form or another in the future. You know, mm -hmm. our drummer Kern mixed shepherd head and oh, Marcel, nice. the bassist played bass on ocean. And so those collaborations keep going and there's, really an untouchable special thing about how we jam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I imagine one day, or I hope, you know, I hope we come back around to even just sitting around in the practice space. Um, but where we are right now, it's like, it's like a family. Like sometimes yeah. you need to explore where you're going mm -hmm. before you can really be present with the rest of the people. Was there Did any thought? Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
do you think that if it was a little bit easier to make money in the music industry nowadays, that that you would be more likely to have the band still together? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's that's a sad thing, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it, it makes so many of these things a little bit easier mm-hmm. because it's hard to get it's really hard to go on the road and to right. like, even or lose money and right to keep yeah. working the the barista or bookstore landscaping mm-hmm. jobs you know it's i get why people why we end up frustrated because we're selling our merch and we're lugging our gear and we're driving and we're working when we're home and it's it's awfully hard for sure but we also you know at the same time we love it yeah there's a beauty to it too i mean there's there's a reason why even a band that's like as quote unquote big as like animal collective today came out and was like hey we can't tour europe just right you know, hemorrhage too much money you know exactly and, uh this is a sad reality of the world right. today which is why i whenever i buy music i either do it directly from the band on tour or i wait till band camp friday and buy it then so i'm like that's, Please, the, that's the move mm-hmm. you need my yep. money <laughs> right so i bought your album on friday yeah. Yes. Nice. Uh, so with this new process of like making songs and like pulling stuff from really disparate areas, uh, what was the first song on that new album that you're like that you completed that you're like, okay, yeah, this this is gonna work. I think I had before we had we went on a tour with Appleseed Cast. I think mm, three years ago. Band. Yeah, yeah, great band, amazing people too. Love hearing that. And. I recorded in the van while we were driving with the internal microphone on my Mac. Oh, wow. Because I was just like, I'm sure I can put enough effects on this, whatever it is, to make it sound interesting. So I think there's some percussion that I did against a, a, a can, like an empty can, and then the back of a seat in the van that's on... <laughs> I think Satsuma maybe. Oh, I think and, that's my favorite song on the new album. Oh yeah. I love that song. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Good. So that one I think started in the touring mm-hmm. band and I put together a bunch of really experimental strange. It's funny because a lot of people say this album is experimental, but the music that I, that I did not put on it is <laughs> fucking crazy (laughs) i thought i was like putting out like a really digestible pop like straightforward pop album realize how weird you are as a person how weird you're (laughs) you're like well fuck me then (laughs) i kind of like it though it's kind of nice that's awesome so you so you can get a lot weirder oh yeah i mean and i will that's the Uh, nice Part of the money thing is when you don't make much off of it is mm-hmm. you can you try to do whatever you want to do yeah and yeah. to explore that muse is really a special experience in life mm-hmm. so I have another album that I just finished so there's some there's definitely some weird energy there okay mm-hmm. uh is is Saddle Creek and we don't have to put them on blast. Uh, but are they like really supportive of that? They're like, hey, John, go do whatever you want to do. Come back and let us know when it's finished. Yep. hundred. Nice. That's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's what it should be. I've, they've given me like, they've said a few things like, maybe you could write a song that, you know, 
how's the chorus and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair i they, yeah. but they've never told me you need mm-hmm. to do this they yeah just, yeah know. well you can just take that as a challenge too exactly yeah it's usually i mean what i um I have this thing, unfortunate. It's not unfortunate. It's just that who I am, that I'm just can be quite a contrarian. Mm-hmm. And my fiance always tells me if I just dressed like a punk, I would be a punk. Because <laughs> I just like have this like fuck you thing in me yeah. that like if people really like the last thing I did, I'm like, I'm going to do the exact opposite yeah. or something totally different. I love it. Love yeah. a good contrarian. Yeah uh is is there like this being more of like a solo endeavor was there ever a thought about like retiring the name young jesus and and going it on your own yeah there was for sure there was a there was a period of time where i thought about that um and ultimately young jesus has been so many different things for almost 15 years now Mm -hmm. that i felt like it could continue to be a container Mm -hmm. yeah or and and i think it's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. i don't i really like when when bands or artists have just right. such varied journeys yeah agreed yeah, yeah. i mean nobody so, wants to hear the same thing over and over again right this is just another evolution exactly like talk talk changed completely yeah and you know david bowie whoever nick mm-hmm. Cave, right all these artists i really admire um became very different and they kept who they were at the same time mm-hmm. uh what i like about hearing that is and this was a question i feel like you we're we're in sync right now because a lot of stuff that i want to ask you you're like touching on without me having to ask right. it which i'm like like all right yeah cool awesome Good. uh is so that's my here. yes okay i'm back uh is that there was a natural progression to it it's not like you're like hey this time we're going to make this album right you're just like letting that music take you where it's going to go and i think that's like that's a really cool place to come at and i bet that's like much more fulfilling as an artist yeah it is i mean i just realized that i could record it all myself and i knew how to use garage band and i love garage band and instead of doubting it and feeling self-conscious about using this like lame program or beginner's mm-hmm. program i was listening to a lot of dub music and a little beach boys and thinking these people are using what's at hand and using that as an instrument and i think of garage band in the same way mm-hmm. it's another mm-hmm. instrument it's a studio in itself that has constraints and it has abilities and if you push it just like whatever you, the group, the really interesting producers can do, then you find a weird tension and then hope new things start to happen in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. He can imagine that being like a really fulfilling thing for you. Uh, yeah. When did you realize your voice was like, as like powerful as it is if you listen to like the young the early young jesus the younger jesus yeah i'm 34 now so i'm old i'm old jesus (laughs) (laughs) older than he was right uh so is is what what point were you put i'm sorry if you listen to the earlier stuff your voice is is strong in it but it's not like as 
I don't, I'm not going to say theatrical, so that's not quite right, but like, as not as like, as I don't feel like you're going for it as much as you do on the later stuff and like letting it open itself up. Yeah, I was so shy. Um, and didn't, I, I still have trouble thinking of myself as a musician. And I was, a t- you know, I was basically a teenager when Young Jesus started. Mm-hmm. And it's to, the early members, Sean Nystrand and Cody Kellogg, mm-hmm. Joe Levand, to their credit, they were really patient with me as I learned how to sing. But that was a long process. I remember the first show I sang at, I stood like two feet away from the mic because mm-hmm. I was so scared. Uh-huh. But I also remember the first time I played with Sean and Cody, um, I showed them a song at my parents' house and I screamed it like I was screaming with an acoustic guitar. And I knew there was something weird about that, that not everyone does that when they they don't feel the the need to uh-huh. emote. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And especially in your like parents' suburban house and it's in the <laughs> middle of the afternoon. So it's taken me a long time to just find that part of my self and mm-hmm. let it go and let it be because it's wild and fun. And I love my voice, but for a long time, I really hated it. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it took a lot of encouragement from other people, honestly, for me to, to yeah. get there. I mean, I think it's one of the best things about the band. It's just like, Thank you. Uh, it always makes, I mean, like it, it can sound like somebody else or it can just be its own unique thing. And it's mm-hmm. I'm always like, damn, okay. He's really going for it. Um, when you write, are you writing in, in bursts of creativity? Are you writing lyrics first or music first? Or are you always writing? I'm almost always writing. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, not every day, but it's a part, it weaves itself into my life in and out and I, it changes how I write the for shepherd head. It was a combination. I think I had a lot of instrumental ideas that I thought were really evocative and emotional. And I wrote lyrics to those, but then I think ocean, the lyrics and the melody came at the same time as the guitar part. I was, playing my reverend guitar mm-hmm. and I've found, I just find myself in weird tunings. Like if the guitar ends up out of tune, I'll just play it and tune it to the nearest string rather than try to get it to standard or drop D or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the guitar was in a weird tuning, started playing it, sounded really nice. And then I heard, I wanted to hear it muted. And so I rolled up a, piece of paper towel and slid that um, under the bridge mm-hmm. and then gave it this sort of beautiful texture. And I just started writing lyrics and a melody to it. And that's how that song, that song just was. And same thing with Rose Eater. Rose Eater was sitting at the piano thinking, holy shit, these are amazing. Chord-. Like I just love a good chord voicing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they happen randomly to in my life. So Rose Eater had those 
voicings and it I really wanted to sing about how judgmental I can be and how I can choose to push people away when I used to think people are making me push them away. And so it just, it just happened. A few songs just happened and then others, it's a painstaking process. A lake was total randomness. Um, Mm -hmm. It was the cadence of those words. I had recorded myself reading a poem and I just cut it up and the cadence of those words was perfect. And the line, a lake lives through so many of us, we can all ache together. Just summed up the album to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's just, it's a, like I said, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your ass, but it's it's a beautiful piece of work. So thank you for, for making it Yeah, pushing yourself to do that. Now, now, to to some extent, when you're uh, when you're writing music, um, putting together songs, and you have a band, you're sort of picturing it with those other players in mind. So, not having them on this new one, did that like open up the music and your thoughts on different instruments and things like that? Definitely, I opened up the recording process mm-hmm. big time so much of young jesus for the past three albums is about laying down a guitar bass drums keyboards and vocal Mm -hmm. and then once those are all there thinking about maybe there are a few things we could do here or there to fill it out in this album the rather than the hit being the bass coming in or a guitar line Mm -hmm. the hit was a leaf crunching or a, <laughs> or a, a song market. I heard on yeah. the street that got auto-tuned and pitch shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, that is really exciting sometimes. Yeah. And it mm. plays with your sense of memory and nostalgia in a really beautiful way. So that's a fun experiment. It's a really interesting way to make an album. I won't do it every time because it's <laughs> so painstaking Mm -hmm. i can only imagine to search through your fucking voice memos and (laughs) see like i bet i have something on you know and then i know i need to cut it up and auto-tune it and pitch shift it and add this effect until there's so much love and care in this album Mm -hmm. Um, that is it's sweet it's so sweet but it is really fun to just play some fucking music. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, and and sometimes having all of the choices at your disposal is overwhelming. And yeah. so, you know, when, when there's sometimes limited, it's like, all right, this is the focus, but. That's why garage man's great. Cause your yeah. choices are at the end of the day, a little bit just limited by mm-hmm. like, yeah, I have like the ba- the most basic free version of it. So <laughs> you're not getting, you have like one choice for string sounds, you know? Sure. Uh, so yes, yeah, so you don't have to go down. You don't, you're not doing your, your smile by Brian Wilson, huh? Like, no. Bring in the farm animals. Uh, so when you, when you approach this, playing this live and you're like, I, this was never intended to as like uh maybe it was intended but like when you made it, it probably wasn't with the idea of like touring it and playing it in front of people how do you try and put together what that's going to sound like in in person step by step you know i think i had a show in vancouver a couple weeks ago that was 
part of this little West Coast run we did. And we just showed up and we're like, okay, let's see. Let's see what hits and what doesn't. And mm-hmm. uh, the more I've done it, the more I've realized that people are really welcoming to straightforward, honest, emotional delivery. Mm-hmm. Right. You can strip it back a lot. And if you're present as a musician and you believe in what you're saying, a lot of people will tune in even yeah. if they're wasted in there for something else. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that was a big surprise. So uh, I'm trying to strip it back, honestly, to like mm-hmm. just, the, just the bone of what the music is, what is the pure, the easiest and like, most effective form of delivery for what uh, what message I'm trying to communicate. Yeah, I'm f- mostly throwing out th- all the things I played on the album, mm-hmm. and thinking about them as what do I want to say at a show, and looking at the whole discography of Young Jesus. What journey do I want people to be on with me today, rather <laughs> than uh, a, a rote repetition situation? And what's the best way to make that direct? connection with the audience yeah and that a guitar and a voice is sometimes mm-hmm. sure yeah that's great so do you feel like you're having a burst of creativity right now it sounds like you already have i don't know if it's finished but you sound like you're well on your way to, to a next album and this one just came out was this like have you had this one finished for a while and you were like waiting for supply chain issues with getting the vinyl press to put it out or is it like okay, it's out. It's, if the vinyl's ready, it's ready. Let's just get it going. I think I finished Shepherd Head like eight or nine months ago, maybe 10. Mm-hmm. And then I just had all these experiences that le- led me to needing to write a new album. And I love playing music with people, so I found a group to sit in and jam with and when i'm not playing in young jesus i do a lot of improvising and sort of free music shows Mm -hmm. Um, so just far out you show up and you figure it out when you're there and (laughs) listen to each other and and whatever happens happens Mm -hmm. and and, uh, you did an ama on on reddit and you were kind of talking about like that's what your dream state of of going on tour is like getting local musicians and being like, let's figure it out. And I think that's, that's really cool. And it's cool that you, you have like a foundation having had done that. That's good. That's really exciting. Yeah. It's such a good experience to make everything up and to realize it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can fail and it's okay. Yeah. And- well, you probably learn a lot about yourself doing that. So much. And so it's kind of, feel like invigorating that every show is different versus like, you know, you go to your uh, standard show. It's like, you're going to, you know what the set list is ahead of time when you show up. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel right now I feel creative in the way that I'm thinking about how to put a set together. I've never felt Mm -hmm. more interested in that. Mm. Um, It's really interesting to take these songs and to have a, a reapproach to relearn some of them to play some new songs to play some really old songs and 
to, it's like I wake up in the middle of the night and just think, how could I, you know, there's such a big drop in Rose Eater. Like there's mm-hmm. huge synths and bass come in at this one moment, the first track. And I wake up thinking, what's a more efficient way to communicate that drop than mm-hmm. having backing tracks or something? Mm-hmm. That's really fun to me right now. It's like a puzzle. So, yeah. 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 It's a, it, it's like, it's just a, it's a different level of craft that I haven't been a part of before. Maybe that could be some sort of audience particip- participation. That's a great idea. They might throw out some song he doesn't remember. Right. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw Stephen Malcolmus one time and he was like, just taking requests. Uh, and somebody kept yelling gold sounds and he kept like not doing it. And finally he's like, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know all the lyrics anymore. He's like, so what I don't remember, I'm just going to la 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 over. <laughs> it was, it was hilarious, but yeah. People love happened. that shit. Right. I, I still remember it. And that was like 17 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when that happens. Um, so we're, we totally buried the lead here. You're from Chicago. Uh, how do you feel like Chicago, the Chicago music scene has influenced you as, as an artist over the past 15 years that you've been making music as like a, a, a functional band? I'm sure you've been playing music longer than that. Wow. So, I mean, endlessly the first, we were just teen, you know, Sean Nystrand and I met when we were 14 He's the other, he's an originating member of Young Jesus, not in the band anymore, but he still lives in Chicago. And we were just teenagers listening to Alkaline Trio and mm-hmm. Spittlefield and Hell yeah. the Academy Is and mm-hmm. 504 Plan and Piglet and oh, Make Believe. I forgot about that band. Amazing band. <laughs> Joan so of Arc, uh, mm-hmm. Captain Jazz. Mm-hmm. And then a, a little bit later, we were really into Wilco and, and stretched out a bit more. And so it's foundational, the 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 way of communicating emotionally, and mm-hmm. we, yeah. And then just eventually meeting other musicians. It's and it's funny because I'm from the suburbs. You know, I grew up in the north suburbs of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we all did in the original formation of Young Jesus. And I'm on tour with a bunch of people I went to high school with. Oh, so, wow. So Pete. Full circle. Yeah. Petey um, is the first drummer of Young Jesus from high school. Oh, and very cool. Yeah. He grew up in Winnetka and he's playing with a bassist who uh, is a couple streets away from where I grew up. <laughs> And wow. his guitarist was in Young Jesus for a few years, Garrison Benson. Mm-hmm. And the musician I've been playing with grew up in Wilmette and we knew each other. So it's, I'm really proud of all the musicians that have come out of our few suburbs mm-hmm. and our specific scene. We were playing at, the Winnetka Yo and like this place called Matt's Hall and the Kenilworth Women's Center when we were you know, <laughs> yeah. 15, 16 years old, throwing our own shows. And that's so cool. Yeah. And we're, we're still doing it. Right. And we're still doing it together. Yeah. 
we didn't even intend to and it's Mm -hmm. so special to be a part of that and so when when we were in dallas a few nights ago we were all in the green room after we played and i think a few people had snuck in there um because pete's quite famous now and they're very excited to see they like saw him somehow and Mm -hmm. i was leaving and we're all hugging each other and and telling each other that we love each other and i was just thinking it's so nice to be opening for someone where we have almost like half a lifetime right yeah connection and love there and that i don't know if that's a specifically midwestern thing but i think the ability for us to to come back to each other and Mm -hmm. continue to believe in one another despite all our differences arguments whatever that feels Mm -hmm. like a beautiful part of coming from where i come from Mm -hmm. and that feels unique to to us so yeah that's it Uh, a lot of people we talk to from all over the country we talk about chicago they say like the community the communal aspect of it is is very unique uh to chicago versus like uh being a, a more a coastal town do you find that la is 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 supportive of you or do you feel like it's it's different and it's more like a I don't know it's cutthroat's not the right word but like more competitive mm-hmm. LA is so different um I never thought I would end up here we did a tour many years ago where we ended up in Santa Monica at a show and I said to my bandmates that I would never ever move to LA mm-hmm. and just through you know personal chaos I got in a car and drove out and slept in my the floor of my friend's apartment. That turned into 10 years uh, living here. And LA has been really amazing in a lot of ways and welcoming in a different way. The amount of people here and the amount of different kinds of art that's constantly happening uh, is really interesting and two of the members of the last iteration of young jesus were from la and they just have a different sense of time and space mm-hmm. and music like when you don't have seasons i think your memory and your actual sense of musical time is a little bit different it's a little bit <laughs> maybe more elastic uh, mm-hmm. than when you have like a cap on every season to to remember events sure. by emotions. So that's just really fun to me to it, like, I love playing music with New Yorkers and I love playing music with people from different countries because we're bringing really different sensibilities. Um, but yeah, there's, I wouldn't say LA is more cutthroat. I would say mm-hmm. there's a version of it that you could subscribe to that, is really image-based and success-based. Mm-hmm. But because of that, there's a really vibrant underground right. that does not give a shit about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great and really appeals to my Chicago Midwest sensibilities, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Um, before we enter the other Chicago-based questions for a phase of, of the pod, uh, is there an album or a musician that you think had like the biggest impact on you wanting to become a musician in your own right? Wow. Um, I I mean, the first songs I learned on guitar were Dave Matthews Band songs. So, um, so hopefully not him. Um, yeah, he was definitely a big deal. Okay. Uh, for me when I was 11 and 12 mm-hmm. and then after that Wilco was really important Jeff Tweedy I thought Jeff Tweedy was Paul McCartney my sister had a um, summer teeth in her car mm-hmm. and nothing's ever gonna stand in my way again was on and I only listened to the Beatles really when I was like a 12 year old so I thought it was a Beatles song that I'd never heard and she was like mm-hmm. no it's and Wilco <laughs> started listening and that was really impactful um i would say matt skiba and dan andriano were really mm-hmm. important i just wanted to be sean and i like our bassist and and i we were both singing in young jesus early on and we just wanted mm-hmm. to be like them and we wanted to be like tim Kasher and connor oberst and sort of wasted um poets you know (laughs) (laughs) yes uh so matt skiba blink 182 is that still is that legit blink 182 to you or is that should be a different band name altogether i honestly don't even pay any attention to it okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll be honest i don't either i just know that there are people on in the in the interwebs who are like this shouldn't even be blink 182 i like him i think he's a great musician he can do whatever he wants for sure. There you go. Yeah, he's he's very talented. Yeah. Um I support I support it. Whatever they want to do, I agree. Man, what a, what a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the next question is we like to talk to people about uh all sorts of fun Chicago things like do you like deep dish pizza or thin crust? Which one is your preference? And with these questions and the answers, feel free to add as much or as little context as you want. So are sure. you more a deep dish or a thin crust pizza fan? Deep dish. I okay. I um is Pequod still in Chicago? Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. I love yep. Pequods. And then there was this place that like wasn't really it was kind of deep dish, but its own thing called Vicinos that was in like Northbrook or Deerfield. Um, familiar with that one. Yeah, our, we we just had like some we were friends with some dude who was the manager there. And so we <laughs> had practice and like eat that. Mm-hmm. Like, good hookup all the time yeah it was you a weird left that thing. can you believe you left that i can't <laughs> believe i left that i cannot <laughs> believe it oh man um i'm very interested in your perspective on this next question for having been a part of it and now being outside of it uh what what do you think makes chicago such a unique music scene hmm I think there. I think what you said earlier—that sense of community—is really important. I do think people really do turn out to see each other, mm-hmm. and I wish I could still hang in this way. But I think the bar culture is amazing in Chicago, mm-hmm. and Agreed. there are a lot of musicians hanging out at really specific places that become these you know, like just special 
rooms, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Rainbow room, rainbow club. Yeah. Rainbow yep. club. Yeah. Yep. Love spot. rainbow. Yep. That spot. And when I yep. was in Chicago and there was this bar called Tumans down the street from me and we would just all go there and we would see other musicians and mm-hmm. we'd talk shit and we'd watch the Blackhawks and uh, <laughs> back when they were amazing. And it's a, it's a really interesting thing that happens when people are seeing each other regularly like that, that doesn't happen in LA. It doesn't happen in New York. There's, there's that in new Orleans for sure, Um, (laughs) but it's different. I lived there for seven years. You're right. There definitely is, but it's different. There's, there's um, a real danger. There's a real danger in new Orleans. Like Mm -hmm. just, you can feel the pull of wanting to be there forever. Um, <laughs> Chicago, I think, has a little bit more of a almost a lightheartedness to it sure. when it comes to yeah. that. So, yeah. And and when you're hanging with those people at the Rainbow or whatever, um, a you're being exposed to so many new ideas but you're also getting support for your own ideas. You know, people are enthusiastic about what you're doing. Yeah. And it was very special to me to, to be young and in mm-hmm. I was living in Ukrainian village and mm-hmm. I was in Rogers park for a bit mm-hmm. and everyone was so willing to hang out with me as, and I was, you know, like 22, 23 mm-hmm. complete piece of shit. <laughs> and people took me seriously or they were at least they right. buy you a drink and they're curious about who you are mm-hmm. which i can't say for a lot of other places awesome it's that those cheap drinks we, we have a question about that <laughs> so we'll build to that uh i'm interested in this this next question we have and uh you can answer it as both a musician and just a fan going to shows what is your favorite venue to play in chicago what's your favorite venue as a fan to to go to a show my favorite venue to play is sub t subterranean just because it holds so many memories for me mm-hmm. that great spot yeah that was the first venue venue that would have us um in chicago before that we would play at this bar called it was a bar slash liquor store called miska's and okay it's kind of down the street from beat kitchen and right. mm-hmm. uh they would let us play and our like half of our band was under 18 i think um it was fun but yeah sub t would let us play and we've had real i just have great memories there beat kitchen was another one Mm -hmm. um, that i love to play shubas i mean they're all very special to me in different ways absolutely uh what about to see a show i'd say the empty bottle just because the to me, the music that I love the most is usually at the empty bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You could stay up that late nowadays. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to keep ragging on them. I'm going in a month. Hopefully I'll be in bed by one. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So you, you've kind of labeled this a little bit more, but are there any other Chicago bands that you, you hold in high regard that you'd like to shout out? I think Rap Boys is an amazing band that's yeah, been agreed. 
that deserves all the accolades they get. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we had Julia on uh, earlier this year. She's a fantastic person. Yep. Yeah. And I just, I feel like they're also just representative of, of mm-hmm. like a Chicago right. work ethic and attitude towards music, really welcoming, really creative um, and always curious about how to change or improve. And I love that band. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're really good. Yeah. Uh, what have you been listening to lately? What have I been listening to lately? Yeah, what's been moving you? Honestly, I don't listen to a lot of music. Um, I when I do, I like really flip out over it, so I get kind of obsessive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lately, my most recent obsession is this British guitarist named Derek Bailey. He's mm-hmm. like, it, it sounds, you know, to, if you had asked me a few years ago what it was, I would say it's complete nonsense and like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense, but he's trying to play guitar without referencing like any possible idiom or style. And he is, and he's a really interesting dude. Mm. He ran his own label, Incus Records, for years, so far out. But it's like, it's almost, to some people, I would imagine they would say it's not music. But I really like him. I really like David Mm -hmm. Toom, another British dude that writes about music and plays music Mm -hmm. and is in that experimental uh, zone. If there's, what else have I liked? Go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, in looking at his discography, there's so much stuff. Where does one jump in at with Derek Bailey? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, if you want if you want to not be, like, afraid, um, the ballads record that he did for Tariq, the, the John Zorn's label, okay. is cool. It gives you, like, a little bit of what he does without giving you the full... Mm-hmm. Um, the full Derek Bailey, which is extremely intense. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I'm, I'm you, I think you, yeah, this. I would say you are. Yes. <laughs> I, I've, I listened to that out talking heads album remain in light for the first time recently. I thought that was incredible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's like a song song. Mm-hmm. Record. Um, I feel like that's something you have to kind of avoid at this point. Is it just like you'd heard some of the songs you're like, yeah, I'll get back to that later. I never paid attention to talking heads. And then I just had, it just happened at the right moment. I was on a drive, mm-hmm. put it on. And I was like, wow, this is texturally such a cool, cool record. Um, yeah. I love this band brain tickets, like some kraut rock shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here for that. Yeah. John Cale. I'm into right now. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do you listen to the Joker? Not that we're gonna talk about other people's podcasts. You listen to Joker Man podcasts? No. What is that? It's uh, they first they did a deep dive of like every Bob Dylan album, uh, and now they're doing like Lou Reed, John Cale, Velvet Underground. So it's it's pretty interesting. They're they're cool. good dudes. I love I love that music. I love Velvet Underground so mm-hmm. much. So, yeah. Talk about a fuck you band. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you uh, you also like people that experiment. So, yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. I've always loved like 
and Anime, Anthony and the Johnsons and that mm-hmm. music and Willis Earl Beale and you know, the people that 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 are just doing what, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. Yeah, because they love the music and they're willing to take a chance and they don't care what other people think about it. 100%. I'm here for that. Uh, mm-hmm. So our, 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 we have a couple more questions, but our last real Chicago one is, what is your go-to cheap drink? Like we are huge fans of cheap drinks. So if left to my own devices, I'm probably drinking like a PBR or like a Rolling Rock. What 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 is John's go-to drink, cheap drink? And if you don't drink anymore, is it like Diet Coke or water? I don't drink much anymore, so it's mm-hmm. usually uh, sparkling water okay. is what I reach for when I'm playing shows. Um, but if if I were, as I reminisce about Chicago, right? Yeah, uh, back in your I, apex, back yeah. in your empty bottle days, and exactly. Um, I would say I went to this bar called the Sovereign that was right around Loyola, mm-hmm. and they sold pbr in bottles and you know how they have the little like oh you guess the thing and you get a card yeah yeah mm-hmm. and that was you know i was 21 i thought it was the coolest shit <laughs> free, free pbr we, once you guess it yeah you know i guessed right one time and they didn't give me the free pbr they're like we give you enough free beer here like you'll be fine <laughs> yes oh shit but we still That's think it's cool so yeah and i loved miller high life there we go. That's yep. a no doubter. Like yep. we were, I think, you know, in the, what you could call the beautiful, but also extremely dark days of young Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we would practice uh, in our friends, yeah. We would practice in our friend's basement mm-hmm. and, you know, between the three of us have like two cases of my <laughs> life. Yeah. Are you a bottle uh, beer or draft? I mean, bottle can or draft man when it comes to high life, or is it doesn't matter? High life, it was the the bottle was so satisfying. Yes, agreed. It's kind of like drinking apple juice. (laughs) (laughs) I always I always try to keep some in bottle in my basement fridge for when Mark comes over. Yeah, yes, good. He's a good friend. Uh, so. We're going to end it with this. So what can we expect at your show at Sleeping Village on the 27th of November? That's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's evolving. Yeah, it is really evolving. TBD. I think at least what I know is, is that I'm really interested in, in telling a story and connecting with the people there. Right. Mm -hmm. Whatever that is. I think in Chicago specifically, that's engaging a little bit with the past of Young Jesus mm-hmm. before. There we go. So, to I think people can just expect a more fuller picture of what this band is. Okay, and like yeah, I'm sold. And yeah, they, yeah. and they should come prepared to make an emotional connection with you. If they can. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. But right. Yeah. It would be <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, and it's got to be special for you to come back to Chicago and play hometown show. And maybe with it being so close to Thanksgiving, you're going to be in town for a couple of days. Yeah. It's going to be really nice. And I love, I love playing Chicago around Thanksgiving. That's what, I mean, it's a, it's almost emotional to talk about because mm-hmm. 12, 15, 12, 13, 14 years ago, when we were trying to 
play shows while people were back from college or mm-hmm. that was the only time we could play and mm-hmm. we would fit it in when we were just kids, you know? Yeah. So it'll be cool to be back and revisit some of that. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm super. Sounds wonderful. For it. Yeah. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out? So, yeah, so the new album Shepherd's Head is out on Sal Creek Records. Yeah. Make sure you, if you're going to buy it, buy it from John at the show on the 27th mm-hmm. or buy it on Record Store Day or just, you know, buy it in general. But mm-hmm. yeah. uh, anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Oh, gosh, nothing. Just keep listening to music and keep. Mm-hmm. I would. Uh, the one thing I would like to plug is I. I was saying this in Dallas the other night. I just wrote a song about this. To believe in the slow, unglamorous changes, those tiny little unglamorous, slow changes in life, that even if it feels like nothing's happening, the fact that you're trying is really important. And you might not know where you're going. Mm-hmm. You might not have an idea of what that change could be even though you really mm-hmm. want it to happen but just keep keep going after it because it does it I, I really do believe in that as a force to to save the world that's sounds like great advice yeah, yeah some some solid advice yeah, thank you yeah. for, for getting contemplative with yeah. <laughs> yes. i know i know no other way to be <laughs> hey we only want you to be yourself right? good uh well john thank you so much it's been mm-hmm. a real pleasure like i said loving the new album um please make sure you go check out that album whether it be on Bandcamp or spotify or anywhere else get some yep. physical media go to record store yep or uh hopefully you see everybody out at sleeping village on the 27th of, of november sunday mm-hmm. november 27th so yes, thank you so much for your time today take care thanks thank you guys yep thanks a lot thanks so much for listening today we are no wristbands we drink for free Music, of course, has been provided by Merlin Wall. Please check them out on Spotify or on Bandcamp. Please also subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at No Wristbands and check out our website at NoWristbands.com.